Welcome in to another episode of the Cali Green Monster Show. I'm your host, Dean Ryan. It is Wednesday, March 10th, 2021. Coming to you from a rainy San Diego, California. Coming from the Tesla Studios. You know, I feel like raining or a rainy day is really... It's a nice treat for the kind of neglectful car maintenance, car maintainer, you know, more specifically someone who doesn't wash their car very often. You know, I love my Tesla. It's awesome. It goes boom, boom, saves me on gas money. I just have to charge it up, but I don't wash it as much as it needs to be. It needs to be washed. You know, that's one of the bummers at living in an apartment complex. You don't just have a hose hookup. So, you know, the, the Tesla's a little dirty, but I always feel like every once in a while when you get that ra- rare rainy day here in California, you can kind of look and be like, oh, well, thank God I didn't wash my car. You know, it just rained and that would have just totally ruined it. So, you know, I'm feeling pretty good about myself this morning. You know, I'm like, oh, well, you know, see, Tesla, you got like you got yourself a little cleaned up. You're obviously still dirty and you need a real wash, but at least you got a little wet. So I'll. I'll take it, you know, I'll take it. Thank you, God. Another thing I want to talk about that I kind of noticed in, you know, I heard about on one of the shows I was listening to yesterday and then this morning on another podcast I was listening to, and it's about Papa John's. I guess, uh, you know, not Papa John's the company, but I'm talking about the Papa John, you know, the CEO, John, I guess that he was ousted you know, back in 2018, because he was recorded at one of his CEO meetings or board meetings, dropping an N-bomb. And while I don't know what the context of him dropping the N-bomb was, he said it, he was recorded, and he basically, he would no longer was the Papa of Papa John's anymore. So I guess he came out in a recent interview that over the past 20 months, he's been undergoing like sensitivity training or and working basically spending the past 20 months on getting the n-word out of his vocabulary and dictionary and he was saying that it's you know it's really hard work and hard to do and it's like damn papa john dude just go away man like i don't think this is really helping your image when if it takes you 20 months to get this out of your like dick your you know your mental dictionary you must have really enjoyed using it or more often than the normal person because i can't think of you know someone who's apologized or someone who claims to not use that frequently would have to spend the better part of two years getting it out of their you know their verbal lexicon or whatever so you know papa john i don't think you did it yourself any favors I don't think you're going to get any pats on the back. You're like, oh, well, at least he's trying. I think, if anything, it just made everyone go like, okay, well, I think that Papa John really was racist and liked using the N-word, regardless of context. So at least that's what I got from that. And, uh, yeah, so bye, Papa. Probably not going to be seeing you around anymore. So yesterday was the deadline for franchise tagging people. That's one of the reasons why it was a big deal that Dak Prescott's deal got signed on Monday because it was basically right up into the deadline that they had before teams either had to decide to franchise tag people or they became free agents. So there was a you know number of people that did get tagged, a bunch of notable people, and there's a bunch of notable people that weren't tagged and they're going to be joining the free agent list. So I figure I'm going to cover 
I'll talk about some of the people that were tagged on the one-year contracts and then people that are going to be free agents and probably going to be wearing different uniforms this upcoming season. So a couple big-name free agents that were tagged, first being Chris Godwin from Tampa Bay, Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, Chris Godwin, he kind of had a modest season last year. He had 65 catches, 840 yards, and seven TDs. But keep in mind, he was injured for a lot of that season. I think he had some hamstring issues at the beginning of the season. Then he had to get pins put in, like, what broken finger that he had. So, you know, he was kind of disappointing, at least for fantasy football owners, me included, I drafted him second overall this year. So, Chris Godwin, you weren't uh, my favorite person this year, but I feel like he made up for it come playoff time. He had a pretty pretty big postseason and really helped. You know, he was a big weapon and one of Tom Brady's favorite targets. Tom Brady is on the record for saying that Chris Godwin has some of the best hands of any wide receiver that he's played with. So, you know, Chris Godwin's going to be coming back trying to help Tampa Bay and Tom Brady and the Buccaneers try to repeat Super Bowl champions. So his franchise tag hit is going to be $16.43 million. So Chris Godwin, he's staying down in down in Florida. And then what I, in my opinion, the best wide receiver that would have been available for free agency is Allen Robinson. Chicago has decided to tag him as well. So he's going to be staying up in Chicago and catching balls from whoever Chicago decides to bring in at quarterback. You know, Allen Robinson is, he's such a stud, you know, of all the quarterbacks that he's had throwing him the ball over the years. And you got Blake Bortles and Mitchell Trubisky. He's been putting up all pro numbers and, you know, you see some of the catches he has to make. I think a lot of people are salivating at the idea of Allen Robinson playing at, you know, somewhere with a quarterback that could really deliver him the ball, maybe like a Green Bay or, you know, something like that. But he's going to be staying put in Chicago. So maybe that'll help Chicago whenever they're with trying to recruit a quarterback. You know, I guess if you have Allen Robinson there, it is appealing for anyone that's, you know, going to be go slinging the ball. You got Justin Simmons, safety for the Denver Broncos. This is his second franchise tag. So, you know, he's a Pro Bowl safety. He's been played, I think, every single defensive snap for the Broncos over the past three years. So, you know, some of the best abilities is availability. So, you know, Justin Simmons, he definitely fits the bill there. You know, a couple other dudes that have been tagged. You got Jet safety Marcus May, Washington guard Brandon Scherf, Jaguars tackle Cam Robinson, Giants defensive lineman Leonard Williams. I think that was his second tag. You got Panthers offensive tackle Taylor Monton and Saints safety Marcus Williams. So these are all guys that got tagged and they're going to be staying at their current teams. And then some notable players that weren't tagged. The one that I think leaps off the, the page for me is Kenny Galladay. And, you know, I think he's he's a stud wide receiver. He's 6'4", and for being 6'4", he's pretty fast. He's been Matt Stafford's favorite target, you know, over the past couple years. Last year, he only played, I think, five games. He was dealing with injuries all year long. But I don't let that distract you from the fact that, you know, I think he's a top 10 wide receiver in the league. So it'll be pretty interesting to see where he winds up. You know, I think teams that could use him, you know, Green Bay, because I, you know, imagine having Kenny Galladay and Devontae Adams for Aaron Rodgers to work with. So I think Green Bay has some cap issues, but I could see them. You know, I feel like teams and 
always find a way to work around the cap. You see it with Dallas every year. It seems like every single year they're signing a new person to the highest contract at their position. So, you know, I feel like these owners and GMs, they find a way to work around the cap. So, you know, Green Bay, that'd be pretty dope to see him there. Another place, Baltimore. You know, Baltimore is not a place you would think about having a, a 6'4", deep receiver. But, you know, Lamar Jackson is someone I think pe- there's a lot of people that the book's still out on him. You know, I'm included. I think, he's, of course, he's electric. He's got an ability that we've never seen from other quarterbacks, maybe since Michael Vick. He's arguably even better than Michael Vick in the, his elusiveness and his running ability. And the knock on him is his you know, ability to pass the ball downfield. You know, whenever the Ravens go down or are down late in a game and there's a two-minute drive, I don't think you can be completely confident that Lamar Jackson can throw the ball down the field. So a lot of the Lamar Jackson supporters and Ravens fans that I know, the way that they, you know, excuse this is that he doesn't really have any weapons. You know, if you look at his receiving core, I guess Hollywood Brown is – his best target and you know he's you know I don't think anyone else is confusing Hollywood Brown as one of the best wide receivers in the league so Kenny Galladay fits the bill for that so if if Baltimore wants to see if Lamar Jackson is worth extending because I think he's due for an extension after the 2021 season you know give him a top weapon and see what he can do with it you know another team Indianapolis They've got cap space. I always throw Indianapolis. I feel like being in the running for a lot of these guys that become available in the market, I think it's because Indianapolis is a team that's, you know, is is a Super Bowl-ready team. They have lots of cap space, you know, and then they bring in Carson Wentz. They they are going to try to set up the best environment for Carson Wentz to be successful. One of the things I think that can do that is bringing in a top wide receiver, Kenny Galladay. What about New England? New England, one of the knocks on them has been they have no weapons. And, you know, Kenny Galladay, he would be super money. You know, Bill Belichick, when he had Randy Moss working with Tom Brady, they were breaking records. So having Kenny Galladay, that would be appealing for any quarterback that would, you know, consider going to New England. You know, if Jimmy G potentially going to New England – Having Kenny Galladay would be an awesome weapon to have. Maybe have Fitzpatrick come to New England. You know, I think he'd be able to deliver the ball to Kenny Galladay. So, you know, maybe New England's a landing spot. And other people have thrown out the New York Jets. So the New York Jets apparently don't seem like they're out on Sam Darnold. And this might be Sam Darnold's prove-it year. And kind of similar with Baltimore where you know you want to see what Lamar Jackson has at least throwing the ball you might want to see if Sam Darnold is your franchise quarterback and I think you can't really completely truly know that until you give him you know at least some stability in the coaching which hopefully he'll have after this latest coaching change and you know some decent weapons and you know Kenny Galladay like I said he I think any of those teams would be lucky to have him because when healthy he's a stud. You know, Joe Tooney, guard from New England, he was kind of surprised to see him get released, at least over the past couple days, and especially with the Trent Brown trade. There's been kind of rumors that Tooney might be on the outside looking in with New England. 
you know, Bill Belichick used his franchise tag on Tooney last year. So, you know, there were people that were expecting him to maybe use it this year, but he's going to be hitting the free agent market. You know, he's a, he's a young guard who plays every offensive snap. You know, he's a, you know, a lot of scouts and from what I read on him, he's considered an above average guard and, you know, you can, you can, you can agree with that. Looking at the new England, I'll, offensive line that's always been one of their strengths that's one of the things that you know kept Tom Brady you know productive late into his career as he was always standing up so you know I think that he's gonna get a nice contract from a team who's looking to bring in a solid guard to you know protect the quarterback and aid in the rushing game and then Shaquille Griffin from Seattle their cornerback they weren't able to work out a deal with him I think they are still going to be trying to work something out even though they didn't tag him and he looks like he's going to be a free agent you know he is an above average starting cornerback in the league so Seattle a team that you know last year at the very beginning they had a really bad defense but as the season went along it looked like they were figuring out you know Shaquille Griffin is definitely someone that is one of the bright spots on their defense. I don't think he's a detriment to it. So I think it is in Seattle's best interest to try to bring him back and and maybe try to bring him back before the March 17th free agency kicks off because, you know, Griffin is someone that I don't see being, you know, without a team for very long. So, you know, and Seattle's defense isn't going to get any better with him leaving unless they can, you know, replace him with anyone. But, you know, Malcolm Butler, who was recently released by Tennessee, I don't even like I think Griffin is a better cornerback there. So I don't really see how the Seahawks would replace him. So expect to see Griffin back with Seattle. You know, there are a couple notable guys, Hunter Henry from the Chargers, their tight end. They're not tagging him, and it looks like he's going to be able to hit the market. I don't expect him to go back to the Chargers. You know, Henry is a vertical tight end who's, you know, can be used as an offensive weapon. You know, tight ends, you know, test them out to, like, Travis Kelsey and Gronk and George Kittle. They can really open up the, the middle of the field. And the way the offenses work now in the NFL nowadays, tight ends are really important. So I expect Hunter Henry to, you know, get a good deal. I think he would look great in New England. You know, New England hasn't, you know, they need a replacement for Gronk. And, you know, I guess if you look back, I guess almost a decade now, Aaron Hernandez. So they obviously like to have an offensive tight end that they can use to be able to stretch the field and Hunter Henry could do that but you know I think there's also like a dozen other teams that could use Hunter Henry you know Juju Smith-Schuster from Pittsburgh he wasn't tagged and it doesn't look like he's going to be going back to Pittsburgh Pittsburgh is you know famous for being able to draft good wide receivers year in and year out so I don't think they're going to spend the money to get Juju especially that you know he's got a pretty big brand with his twitch and stuff so yeah, I expect him to try to capitalize and get you know get some good money and probably go to a big market team you know maybe he goes to the New York Jets you know playing in New York or maybe he goes down to the Los Angeles Chargers so you know I expect him going to one of those big markets big market teams and Jonu Smith, Tennessee, you know, Tennessee tight end. He wasn't tagged, so he's going to be a free agent. Like I mentioned with Hunter Henry, tight ends are, you know, their premium offensive weapon to have. And if you can have a, a good tight end, 
that can produce for you. It really stretches the, you know, the passing game. And, you know, so I, th- I expect Junior Smith to, you know, wind up with someone as well pretty quickly. Hockey talk. I haven't talked too much hockey with this show. You know, I think that anyone that has known me for a long time might be surprised by that. You know, both my parents are French Canadian. I grew up playing club ice hockey, big Los Angeles Kings fan. So anyone that's known me through high school into college would probably expect if I had a sports talk show that I would probably, you know, have hockey be a main part of it. And one of the reasons that it hasn't been and why I haven't really followed it as much into my adult life is, you know, there's not too many people that really do watch hockey or watch hockey on a consistent basis. You know, at my last job where there was over a hundred people there, there was maybe like, one or two people that watch some sort of hockey you know my current job there's like one person that watches hockey so hockey's just not something that very many people talk about and that's one of the reasons why I think football for me has kind of became the premier sport and the premier sport that I watch and follow and talk about it's because that's a sport that if most people do follow or if you do follow sport people follow football so you know Hockey has kind of fell on the back burner, and I think one of the reasons why hockey's kind of fallen on the back burner and isn't one of the isn't as popular as football, basketball, or baseball in this country is because you know ESPN doesn't cover it. You know ESPN is they call it the worldwide leader in sports, and that's because you know that's where a lot of people go to learn about sports, get their sports information. You know, I'm someone, I'm part of that generation of kids that woke up, watched sports center at least once or twice before they went to school, came back home, put on either PTI or sports center in the afternoon, watch sports center in the evening. So when you're watching highlights and watching sports center all the time, when sports centers in all the, you know, sports bars and restaurants, it's like, that's where people get almost programmed to which sports they're going to watch. And since ESPN wasn't covering NHL, I feel like hockey really has kind of fallen like to the wayside a bit, you know, especially after the 2004 lockout. So it's going to be big news, I think, for the NHL partnering with ESPN. So ESPN, it's I think it hasn't officially been reported, but it's there's been a, a number of different journalists and we're like, leaks that's about to be reported any within the week that they've worked on a seven-year deal to cover I think half the NHL games they're going to be covering for the Stanley Cups in the next seven years so that's going to be huge so it's going to be you know ESPN slash ABC so I'm looking forward to that that's going to be huge for the sport I expect a lot more hockey fans and that's going to be great because you know hockey's an awesome sport you know people love football for its hard hitting you know Hockey is fast, it's hard hitting, it's exciting, and, you know, some of the best athletes. So, you know, it's going to be great exposure for the league and, you know, one of the best thing I think the NHL could have done for themselves, be partnering themselves with up with ESPN. You know, that do, I, for NBC, who's been covering them over the past, you know, decade and a half, They've already announced that they're going to be closing up shop on their NBC Sports Network. So that's basically where they've been having, you know, their hockey, their daily hockey games that they've been showing. And, you know, they usually will cover some games on NBC on the weekend. So, you know, NBC still has the option to cover the other half 
of the NHL games or that package, as well as the other three Stanley Cups that ESPN isn't going to be covering. So NBC might still be some sort of a partner with the NHL, but Fox is expected to be a bidder, and as well as CBS. So Fox in the past has covered the NHL. They are the ones that used to have the cool robot animatronic like animations in the 90s with the glowing puck. So, I mean, Fox, I guess... I have cool nostalgia memories of watching hockey on Fox and CBS. If I can recall, I don't think CBS has really covered hockey unless it's been, you know, Olympic hockey. But so I think it'd be kind of weird to see the NHL on CBS. So, but yeah, I think the big takeaway is that NHL on ESPN, huge news. And I think it's, you know, I, I expect hockey to be just slightly more popular in this country. Talking some college basketball. This is probably the first time talking about college basketball. Maybe since I mentioned that I'm going to cover the, or at least make kind of March Madness bracket. That's going to be on Monday. So look forward to that. But I figure I might as well start talking some college hoops because, you know, this week is championship week. That's where all the conferences have their championships. And I had a little burp there. Yeah, so they all have their championships and, you know, get their final seeding. So on Sunday is going to be the selection Sunday where the full brackets get, you know, filled out. So yesterday, Gonzaga, it's the only undefeated team in the league. They were playing in their, their conference championship, the West Coast Conference against BYU, a team that they've already beaten twice this season. So Gonzaga, in addition to be un- being undefeated, they've won every single game by double digits. So keep in mind their conference isn't the best conference around. They're not like, you know, you're never going to mistake the West Coast Conference for being, you know, the, you know, the big, the Big East or the ACC or the SEC or any of those conferences. So, you know, I think I said the Big East, and I'm not even sure the Big East is a conference anymore. I think they all got folded into the ACC and, like, the Big 12 and stuff. So, see, it shows you my knowledge on college basketball. But so Gonzaga yesterday, they were playing BYU in their finals, and they were actually went down by 12 points at halftime, had to rally and come back for it to win. They won 88-78. So I think that you know some people could look at Gonzaga falling behind as you know it might be, hey, maybe they're not as good as their undefeated record. Maybe their weak conference is kind of indicative that they haven't faced any real competition. But I also think on the flip side of that coin that the way they turned it on yesterday, it seemed like you know, they came in the second half and it was a blowout. I think they outscored BYU by 25 points in the second half. So if anything, maybe this is an eye opener for Gonzaga that, you know, they were on cruise control and, you know, that they're going to have to bring it because, you know, BYU, I think that no one's going to mistake them for a top seeded team. I think they're definitely going to be in the tournament and the way they played and the way they gave Gonzaga fits yesterday, they're going to be a tough out in this tournament. And, you know, I might, I might pick them to win a game or two, but Gonzaga is going to have to figure it out because if they run up against, you know, like a, a team like Michigan or Illinois in the final four, the, you know, that's just not going to cut it. So, you know, expect some more, college basketball talk in the future and before i get out of the show and you know call it a day i figure i would talk a quick you know quick highlight from this past weekend i know it's wednesday but i think you could still talk about things from the past weekend i think on saturday my wife and i finished up watching all the marvel movies we started 
Demic Chronicle, like the cinematic timeline order, finished it, finally finished Endgame. And, you know, this was the second time I'd seen Endgame, but the first time I'd seen it, I had never seen, like, you know, any of the Thors. I hadn't seen Doctor Strange. I hadn't seen, like, a bunch of the movies. So it just, you know, it was epic. I remember just thinking it was epic when Captain America does the Avengers Assemble. I remember having chills down my spine, and it was just a dope movie. But now having seen everything and just, like, kind of fresh like watching all the movies man dude i got like way more emotional than i thought i'd be i was like when they did the snap and you know hawkeye's family you can see that his wife is calling him so it's just i'm like i was just like oh my god hawkeye's family like i just have tears running down my eyes and then dude then the f the, the whole fight scene and the avengers just like all assembling when like captain america picked up the hammer and just like that whole fight scene was epic and yeah man i just like found myself just like oh like tony stark passing away i guess spoiler alert if you haven't seen it by now like my bad you probably if you haven't seen any of the marvel movies i assume you're turning off the podcast by the time you get to this point so you know i just found myself just like oh this movie hit so much different after watching all of them. So, I mean, if you got nothing else to do, if you're someone that works from home or got nothing to do on weekends because wherever you are, you're still locked down, you know, I would advise watch all the Marvel movies again. And, you know, especially if you haven't watched all of them, you know, they were all pretty good. Uh, maybe one of these days I'll rank them and, you know, give you my opinions on some of them. But that's not going to be today for today i'm dean ryan this has been a cali green monster show i appreciate everyone that's checked this out rate and subscribe on apple Podcasts. i'll talk to you guys later peace